We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Roto-Grinders NFL Weekly Preview. You're tuned in to Roto-Grinders. I'm Justin Carlucci here with TJ Lasig. What's going on, man? I know every week I say, oh, what a crazy week in football, but this one might might take the cake so far in 2020. Yeah. I don't, you probably didn't hear that, but there's just a massive thunder in the background. Uh, it's some interesting weather for the Eagles game tonight. But, yeah, another week in the books. It was It was a crazy one. I mean, it was like every – it felt like from Friday to Sunday at 1 o'clock, the slate got flipped upside down like four different times with some of the injury news that was coming out. And it ended up opening up a ton of value. And it was probably more of the one like stars, one of the more stars and scrubs heavy slates that we've seen just with the number of, of near minimum price plays that were viable, some of which panned out, some of which didn't. We obviously had the big dog, Derrick Henry, seemingly break the slate early on. And then Tyreek said, I have something to say about that, and went off for like 60 points or or whatever he did. So clearly needed to have both of those two guys in your lineup to win win any tournaments this weekend. They just blew everyone out of the water. Pure, Pure insanity, really. Just pure insanity. And even Thursday's slate, which we previewed last week, and I'm really glad we didn't dive into Sunday's main because by the time we put out the pod last week, things were changing every day up until a lock. So all their information would have been completely stale as hard as it is to kind of record on Monday. But I mean, on Thursday, you know, the, the football team blowing out Dallas and uh, Houston laying it on Detroit and then Detroit cleaning house, kicking out Matt Patricia and company there. Better late than never, I suppose. But that just kicked off a crazy with 96-plus hours of NFL action between personnel changes. The Steelers game has been postponed a million times. It just got moved to Wednesday, so we still don't know for annual league-wise, like, what are these different sites going to do? People are texting me in re- leagues I run. I just got home from work. Is this is the game going to count? This I'm like, I don't know, man. I have no idea. We are in uncharted territories, TJ. All I know is maybe we'll get another little showdown slate out of it between Baltimore and Pittsburgh at some point. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Lots, lots of, lots of room for showdown this year. But yeah, you're right. It really is a, an NFL season and just a year in general, like no other. I mean, we got NFL teams playing a full football game without a quarterback. That, that is just crazy. I don't think that's something that any of us thought would would ever happen. So only in 2020 can you get these kinds of things. But it really, really challenges our mind from a DFS perspective because we have to deal with a ton of different circumstances that, that we wouldn't, you know, we have no precedent for how to handle things like this. I kind of, I kind of love it because 
you know, I love NBA DFS is my bread and butter. And I love being able to do my best to adapt to the constant change. And, you know, some people are so reliant on projections or so reliant on historical data between X, Y, and Z or whatever, that it was a very interesting change of pace. And like you said, a bunch of min price, cheaper guys became relevant. Some worked out, some didn't. But before we get there, you know, that Chiefs-Bucks game we can just touch on because as neither team will be on the main slate this coming Sunday. Tampa Bay's on a bye, and the Chiefs are prime time against Denver. Maybe they'll have a quarterback. Maybe they won't. But 200-plus yards in the first quarter for Tyreek Hill, 60, what, 60 DK points. Mahomes setting the world on fire, too. So not only did you need Derrick Henry, you needed Tyreek and most likely Mahomes. So – crazy 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 and my only other note from that we're not going to talk too much about it is some people are very analytical some people go with their gut people have different tendencies some people use projections some people make their own projections some people don't use projections you know there's there's plenty of talented people in this industry who have many different philosophies i love analytics and i do not mind projections i obviously think looking at ownerships is a necessity depending on what you're playing you know, you look on paper, and at the beginning of the year, that Tampa Bay secondary was, was very good, and, and statistics showed. In the last couple of weeks, you saw some, like, weird blown coverages and you know, just some stuff that you saw with your eyes, right, like, that you might not have seen really tilt the wheel in terms of their metrics throughout the season. And, you know, they were pretty vulnerable the last couple of weeks. You know, nothing like crazy. But then when you get a team like Mahomes and Tyreek and Kelsey – just did whatever they wanted. I mean, everybody thought the game was totally over in the first quarter. So, you know, hats off to Tampa for at least making it competitive, I guess, in the fourth quarter. And that just shows you how crazy of a beast the National Football League really is. Yeah, they they really did mount a, a close comeback towards the end. Obviously, didn't get all the way all the way home. And just to touch on the Chiefs, I mean, we, we know that they're capable of going off like this any given week, and I was just looking at at some of Tyreek's recent games. I mean, the last three games, he's had 15, 14, and 18 targets, 30-plus points, DK points in all of them, obviously putting 60 last week. And then he's got, like, my goodness, two, four, like 10 touchdowns in, in the last four games, five games. So he's just absolutely crushing it. And, again, they're not on the main slate this this week, but – those Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek stacks are always going to be viable and it's always going to be expensive, but no other stack in the NFL can give you anywhere near the upside that, that those guys bring to the table. And I, I mean, I was looking at the quarterback scoring from this past week. Mahomes seems like the only one that really you know, kind of blew everyone out at the position out of the water, which is not something you see very much at the quarterback, right? Usually quarterback position, we say it's the the most narrow distribution of outcomes where, you know, everyone's kind of within a certain range, but we saw like someone like Kyler Murray, I think had had less than 10 fantasy points. That that's, that's something that I thought would not be possible. So crazy, crazy stuff going on, but that, that just opens up plenty of opportunity for, for DFS and especially for tournaments. They're just never going to give a ball carrier 20 touches again, ever, maybe, as long as we live, right? You bring in – you draft Edwards Hilaire, you bring in Le'Veon. They they had a 17 nothing in the first quarter. Hilaire had 11 total rushes, and Le'Veon had five. So it's like they built the lead, and they're still putting the throttle down. Andy Reid's letting it fly. Mahomes is in full control of this thing. And there's a couple of teams that, you know, if you look at some of our tools, like uh, Gridiron HQ at RG, you can see – how much teams pass against uh, another team or, you know, when they're trailing by seven or more or when they're ahead by seven or more, what their tendencies are. And the Chiefs are just going to pass the ball. You know, your Eagles are just going to keep throwing the ball at this point. Right? How, how often this year, I'm just going a little off topic. Are you screaming to just get the ball to Miles Sanders a little bit more? Right. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I would, would just love to, to see that, but yeah, a lot of these teams are just, Want to, to to air it out and, and throw the ball, and that's just the the new age NFL, I suppose. And even a lot of the running backs that that perform the best in fantasy, a lot of it is from you know, what they're able to do in the air. I think Austin Eckler coming back this week is a great example. Sixteen targets in this first game back as a running back. So I mean, he he was someone who was on my radar and and in some of my tournament lineups. 
think that he'll he'll be someone that I'm I'm looking at again this week and going forward just because those are the those are the kinds of guys that we want, especially in in a full PPR scoring like DraftKings. But yeah, continue to see those those dual threat type of running backs that can get it done in the air, be the ones that, that can put in the, the monster games. And then of course you have Derrick Henry who man, I I kept thinking how great of a tournament play he was, but I just quite didn't pull pull the trigger on him. Unfortunately, I, I got too locked in on Dalvin Cook personally this past week. But Derrick Henry, obviously a great play. It was a great it was a great week for for running back pivots in general. I mean, I think Henry Eckler, Chubb, Robinson, those guys. Obviously, looking at the results, were fantastic tournament plays. But I think even before the slate started, those were the the types of, of guys that were in my consideration for GPPs just didn't quite have the, the right combination in that, in that one lineup. Yeah. You make a good point in that Henry performance, man. I mean, I know Indy was a little banged up, didn't have Buckner up front with a huge loss. You know, uh, they were missing another starting linebacker, um, but look at Tennessee. They've been missing Taylor Luan for a better portion of the year. And, you know, they're still starting your boy, Dennis Kelly and, you know, they, they, they don't have – they're dinged up too. So it's kind of like, okay, maybe something's got to give. But the, those two teams met a couple of weeks ago where they had the special teams debacle and the score may be a little deceiving. I don't think anybody expected Tennessee to thump Indy. You know, I, I'm unbiased. I thought it would be a close game. I'm a Tennessee fan, and I, I did not see that coming either. It was great. It was great to watch. Um, and A.J. Brown, you know, Xavier Rhodes isn't the coverage corner he used to be. What a performance from A.J. Brown too. But – yeah, Henry, I mean, I, and the 101 milli was 6% on DK. Incredible. A guy like Derrick Henry, we know what his ceiling is. I have one team who's staring at me right in the face here. I have Mahomes, Tyreek, Derrick Henry. I was like, oh, Looch, man, you got, you got a pretty killer lineup. I, you know, I went with the run back. Antonio Brown was a huge letdown. Uh, I played Sammy Watkins at, a little, at 6%. Thought maybe he could do a little bit more damage there as well. Um, just review my lineup here. I had Kyle Rudolph, which was a decent call, you know, no Herb Smith, no Thielen, but the pieces just just weren't there. I, for some reason, played Christian Blake. I was on Christian Blake Island. I, listen, I don't want to talk about it. I, it. It happened. I cashed. I'm in cash. I'm fine. But kind of just ultimately disappointed where, you know what, you nail the guys you need to take stuff down and you know, we saw Dalvin put up, what, 40-plus in back-to-back weeks and a 50-bomb. I didn't think we'd see a 60-burger this year. Uh, enough about Tyreek Hill. Anything else? I mean, the Bucks are on a bye, but, you know, what, what about the Bucks? I mean, we you know, saw Mike Evans score twice. Godwin was okay. Brown, you know, is it going to be a guessing game between that receiving corps maybe moving forward? That's what I was going to say is that it, it it's nothing but a guessing game. Looking at their – Targets now, Godwin with 10, Evans with 8, Gronk with 8, Cameron Brake with 6, Antonio Brown only with 4 after I think he had 13 the prior week. And the same as you, he was my preferred run back in Patrick Mahomes stacks. So, yeah, I think that that, that's one of those teams that's going to continue to be a guessing game. And, you know, Tom Brady's going to keep spreading it around and using those different, different weapons at different times. So the offense is like that. Again, it's like the Bucks, the Rams. It's tough when they're spreading it around. And on any given week, it could be any number of, of people going off versus some of the more concentrated offenses where we kind of have a, a pretty good idea on any given week where the targets are going to go and who has the potential for those big spike games. Talk to me about this. Not a lot of crazy, obvious shootout games on the schedule, as you mentioned to me earlier before we fired up the podcast here. Um, but the Tennessee Titans in a 54-point total, they're five-and-a-half-point favorites against Cleveland in what is a pretty big game between two eight and three AFC teams. So tell me about this. Where are the points going to come from if they do? I'm thinking – I'm looking at Cleveland here. Baker Mayfield has seven touchdowns. Five of them came in one game against Cincinnati. So if you take that away, let's just say he throws one, maybe. He has 13 touchdowns in 11 games. He has three games where he didn't throw a single touchdown. Um, One of them was in the rainstorm against the Eagles. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll let that slide. But 
Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are, are the big assets. We saw Jar- Jarvis Landry finally had the game. I've been kind of waiting for him to have for five weeks where I kept becoming wrong about him. I didn't play him this week. I didn't have any of them. And of course, he went off. But the Titans are formidable against the run. So I, I'm just, you know, are, are they going to try to keep riding their horses? I mean, I, I, do you feel confident in Baker Mayfield trying to try to win this game and put the points up there? Where, is there a play here for Cleveland? What are you, what are you looking at here? Yeah, Landry really came out of nowhere with this monster game. We look at the rest of his season. I mean, he, he hadn't gone over 10 points in four or five weeks and then explodes for, for 31 points on, on 10 targets, gets a 100-yard bonus, gets a touchdown. I think Cleveland's another team that's tough. Like you said, it's really – the running backs are really where I like to focus there. But at the same time – in a game where, where they're five-and-a-half-point underdogs, it's it's tough to play Chubb because he's a very, I would say, game script, independent guy. He obviously had the, the big week last week. So maybe maybe it's time for, for Kareem, Kareem Hunt this week if you're envisioning a game script where they're playing from behind more to Tennessee. Maybe you have to lean a little bit more on, on the passing and – that is where Hunt would more likely get his work. And, yeah, I mean, the, the wide receivers are tough. I mean, you could go back to Landry if you want to. I don't don't necessarily love it. He's 6,200 on DraftKings, so it's not like you're getting a super cheap discount on him. And, yeah, and then no, no, no one else. So I'm looking at their, their target share from this past week. Landry with 11 targets. No one else had more than three. So – Obviously, they were, they were leaning a little bit more heavily on the run with Chubb, but they're a tough offense to predict. And then on the Tennessee side, though, I love Tennessee because it's it's Derrick Henry and it's A.J. Brown, right? I don't think you need to, you know, maybe mix in a little bit of Corey Davis, but I think that those two guys I – sw- I swear, it's like when I'm watching Red Zone and the Titans – a play from the Titans comes up and they're in their own territory – I'm always like, oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a 70 yard touchdown. Like I feel like every week I'm looking and and either Derrick Henry or AJ Brown is going for a 70 yard touchdown. So I certainly love both of those two in particular. And then just mixing it up on the Cleveland side, whether you want to throw in a, a Chubb or a Kareem Hunt or Jarvis Landry on a little mini correlation there. That'd be where I'd go in this game. We're in King Henry territory. It's December, and historically he's been unbelievable. In in December, ninety two hundred on DK, so he's finally right up there with Dalvin Cook. Make a really good point. Uh, you pretty much nailed the Kareem Hunt thing. Broke everyone's heart this week, and uh, I don't mind going back to him. Tennessee lost Jayon Brown for the year, so they have a couple linebackers in the middle who aren't really good in coverage. And you know, this Kareem Hunt was on pace for seventy five catches last year in the, in the same offense, and you know, split a lot of time. You know, last. Two games, he's seen three total targets only, though, so I'm a little worried. You know, in that monsoon of an Eagles game, how did he not see some more checkdowns? I, you know, one target, one cat, uh, just weird to me. I, I just think things are really solidified. I mean, they know that if they can't run the ball at Chubb, do they kind of say, oh, shit, what do we do now? You know, what, Baker, like, here you go, Baker. Like, play action's gone. We can't run, you know, twins tight anymore, so you might have to go win this one for us. So, I'm interested to see what they do if Chubb's able, you know, if Chubb's held in check. That's, you know, that, we're just spending so much time on this because it's one of the higher totals this week. I'm um, going make a good point about A.J. Brown and Henry and uh, A.J. Brown, the yak monster, you know. A lot of speculation that maybe he couldn't replicate last year's performance because he was so good after the catch where he made up a lot of his yards. But, hey, same thing this year. The guy's a special football player. And, uh, you know, that Tannehill play-action game, A.J. Brown is pretty much always in play. And he was 6 six or 7% as well um, against the Colts last week too. So speaking of high Vegas totals, we usually have one between the Saints and the Falcons. I thought that was a good transition. When was the last time we saw an Atlanta-New Orleans game with a point total under 50? I am so done with Atlanta for DFS. This is like my Monday overreaction because you have to be unbiased in DFS. I know that. I've just played Matt Ryan in back-to-back weeks. Wasn't happy. I don't know if this is the week I'm going to go back to him, though. 46-point total. Taysom Hill in New Orleans. How is he affecting that offense, TJ? 
Well, it seems like he might be the death of Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara had 6.2 points on DraftKings last week, and I can't remember a time when Alvin Kamara scored that few points. And I also can't remember a time where we have Alvin Kamara at $7,000 against Atlanta, and I'm not even really that interested in him because it's just, you know, with with the Taysom Hill offense, it's it's not – it's pretty much the complete opposite of Drew Brees. I mean, he's just – you know, he's going to take it down and, and run it himself a bunch of times. Kamara's not – receiving nearly the targets or the catches that he was previously only one, he did have one catch last week after zero the one before so that really it really makes this game not as appealing as as I would hope that it would typically be we'll have to monitor the Julio Jones situation as we have to every single week he was out for them this past week Calvin Ridley of course going to be in play here and probably the the primary guy that I would be interested in from this game. Yeah, it it is so strange looking at a New Orleans Atlanta game and not not like loving a game stack. It's just the the Taysom Hill thing, thing really throws a wrench into this and uh just makes it tough. You know, even Michael Thomas is, is kind of tough to play right now. So it's it's kind of a bummer because this would have been by far the the premium game of the week if Drew Brees was in. Oh yeah, it, it, the domino effect is, is crazy, um, and it's hard to trust Atlanta right now. But on the flip side, who's going to play Atlanta in this low total? And they've looked really bad. I mean, if Julio's out, we still know where the ball should be ending up in the realm of Calvin Ridley land. You would think so. You know, keep an eye on ownerships, and who knows? By Saturday, we might be thinking. Oh man, are we really going to go back to this when they're when when Matt Ryan's like three and a half percent or something like that? Um, not my favorite, but you know, definitely keep an eye on Julio. Hayden Hurst saw eight targets last week, so uh, since week five, he's seen at least six targets in one, two, three, four games. So um, kind of getting more involved, especially without uh, Julio. Christian Blake was definitely not involved, so I can't wait for him to go for like five for one twenty next week when. When I don't have any of them, we'll see what happens. I just feel like whenever Russell Gage is the obvious, like, fill-in volume guy, he never does anything, right? It's always what's whatever his name is, Zucchini, you know, um, or, or sometimes Blake. So, um, and I think one of the randos did score. I don't mean to call anybody a rando, but wasn't it uh, – what was that other guy? I can't remember. Yeah, Brandon Powell scored a touchdown. Brandon Powell. I played him in showdown one time this year. I who it was. So, <laughs> got the wrong guy, Blake. They do. Every week there's always some random – Falcons player score touchdown. <laughs> but if I'm with you. It's going to be hard for me to want to play someone from this game under the current circumstances. It's not like Michael Thomas is like 55 under or anything. He's still 7K. So Kamara at 7K is like a little more enticing, I think, right, than um, than Michael Thomas. But Latavius Murray has been, been getting some, some carries. I mean, they're kind of running more of a traditional – I don't know what you would call it. Not traditional, but old-school run-heavy – offense with Taysom Hill and I just can't on this Monday evening like endorse much from this game either until we have some news or something not buying the Atlanta defense though either I'm not chasing that from last week incredible they had like 26 fantasy points or something yeah yeah outrageous the Latavius Murray Murray one's actually interesting just taking a look now I mean they're they're basically in a Complete 50-50 snap split under Taysom Hill, whereas typically it was it was more of a 60-40 in favor of Kamara. So, I mean, he's 5,900, so it's not it's not like he's cheap, unfortunately. But, you know, if you want to roll Latavius Murray in some tournaments, it's not the worst idea. Just because, yeah, like you said, they're running more of that kind of powerhouse offense under Hill, which – certainly leads more into Latavius's game than it does to Kamara. So, yeah, I think I'd, I might actually prefer Latavius for at $1,000 less than, than Kamara, which is certainly not something that would typically be the case for me. I wasn't going to go here right away, but since it's staring at me, how is Aaron Rodgers' price keep going down? 
at home against your birds, 6,800. And, and like Philly's pretty formidable against the run. I don't think it matters. Like Rogers going to get his. I, I, oh man, is that, is that the chalk? Is that the cash game play this week? Aaron Rodgers under seven K. Just looking at the pricing, you got Wilson and Murray, 77, 76. Deshaun Watson, you know, against Indy, uh, 53 and a half total. We could jump there after this Packers talk if you want. Um, you know, Herbert, obviously, you know, against New England. And uh, then you have Aaron Rodgers at 6,800. I, I can't argue with any of the guys above him. I, I'm scratching my head here, TJ. Help me out. No, I agree. That stood out to me as well. I, I would have thought he'd be more, at least like in the 7,000, maybe 7,200 range. So I think you're you're certainly getting some savings there. Just, you know, if you want to take a look at Rodgers' game log, he hasn't hasn't scored lower than 23 points since week seven. So he's on a nice, consistent run here. Obviously, he's an easy guy to stack, right? You, you play Rodgers, you play Devontae Adams, yeah. and, and you have a nice little setup there. And then you can run it back with, with some, gosh, someone on my Eagles, I suppose. Uh, I think you can kind of mix in some different options there. I still think that that Miles Sanders is – you know, one of my favorite favorite options from the bird side. You have Dallas Goddard, the tight end spot, forty three hundred. Don't mind that either. He, he had a pretty nice showing his his last time out. We do obviously we're recording this on Monday, so the Eagles are yet to play. So maybe you know something will will emerge, or maybe maybe Jalen Rieger has a breakout game, and you see him sitting down at forty five hundred. So I don't think that there's a, a clear run back option on the Eagle side, but I think that there's a couple that, that are potentially viable to, to come back on the other side of a, of a Rogers Devonta Adams stack. And yeah, I mean, Adams just continues to be a monster, right? He, he's had two quote, yeah, he had another bad week and still scores 18 points. So I, I think he's up at nine K. So you certainly have to, to pay the price for him, but against the Eagles, I, I love that matchup there. And yeah, Rogers, I think is going to be squarely into to cash game consideration at 6,800. That seems like a very nice price tag and a pretty juicy matchup against, against my lovely birds. The lovely birds, the lovely birds. Yeah. It's, it's tough. We'll have to see what happens, you know, with this Eagles game and the buzz about Jalen Hurd getting, getting some more snaps and, you know, Fulgham really hasn't put together a game in a while and Rieger's, you know, raw talent's amazing. And, we just need to see some more from Wentz. So I know you're a big game stack guy, and typically so am I, but it's another week where some of the top lineups had team stacks and no runbacks. And um, I, I think part of that reason that we've seen that almost every week is that there's six games with like 55 totals. That might not be the case this week, right? So this could be a good week to pick out a good game stack. And uh, one of those with the higher totals, which we talked about very briefly, was Houston and Indy. Uh, beginning of the year, oh, Indy's defense, so good, really good, best defense in the league. I'm talking like a true Titans fan. But really, seriously, statistically, they were very good. They still are very good. Aaron Rodgers went in there, uh, didn't win, but they put up, what, like 28 points, you know, no big deal. The Titans go in there, put a 40 bomb on them. So maybe it's possible that this defense is a little overrated. They are they are banged up a little bit, certainly. Uh, but the level of football that Deshaun Watts has been playing too. I mean, Houston's in play every week, every week. We know where the target's going. Will Fuller finally 7,100 though. So I have some breaking news. Uh Oh, Will Fuller suspended six games. PED violation. No way. Yep. Just came through. Wow. You you're like Adam Schefter's burner. <laughs> you got to get those Roto grinders notifications, man. Push right to the phone. Yeah. Will Fuller suspended six games for PED violation. So I assume that goes into effect immediately. Yeah. In which case. And they waived Kenny Stills before, earlier last week. Yeah. So, I mean, who does that? Obviously, we have Brandon Cooks. Kiki Cootie. Kiki Cootie. Wow. It could be time. There's your cash game chalk donkey value, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yep. Kiki Cootie, 3,500. So we'll get to play him in cash, and he'll probably get, like, five points. <laughs> yeah. Three catches for 19 yards. But did you see his A-dot, bro, right? and his target? Oh, man. Oh. Wow, this is actually super interesting. I mean, they're going to be so thin at wide receiver now. Yeah. 
yeah. Fuller soaks up so much of that target share. Wow. Who's that guy that returned kicks that sometimes would play in showdowns on Houston? Who's like not very good. I don't even think he's on the team anymore. Cobbs and I are. Who was I thinking of? Yeah, I don't even know. Cobb. I mean, I'm looking I'm ah. looking at their targets from, from I guess from Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. The last game. And there were only seven people that had a target on the whole team. I Will mean, Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Duke Johnson, Kiki Kute, Jordan Akins, CJ Persice, and Kaylee Warring. Oh, I mean, hear me. I mean, are we going to see some more Duke Gross. Johnson action? Are we have to? God. If I have to play Duke Johnson one more time, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really play him as much as I wanted to on Thanksgiving. And then he, of course, has a not even a good game, but breaking relative to the slate. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be. This is going to be an interesting spot. I think you'll see bumps happen to, to Cooks, to Duke Johnson, to Kiki Kute. I mean, heck, to George, you almost have to boost everyone. I mean, they're just going to be so short on bodies that the ball has to go somewhere. And what's, so, your, what's your thought on Cooks? 5,600, are people going to flock to it? Are they going to see the Indy and the little red, you know, ninth best against position and be like, man, I don't know, you know? I, I, yeah. think, uh, I think they'll flock to him. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I think, but oh goodness! I mean, yeah, this just happened, so I haven't fully processed. Wait, that's what this show's all about, man. That's so what... yeah, exactly. I mean, this is because yeah, like you said, this is an ugly, uglier slate in general, or you know, just not a ton of stackable games, and this is one of the few, and that's certainly a, a big piece from there. Yes. So, and even if you're playing. You know, you could one-off Cooks, like, because you know the, like, theoretically the volume should be there for him, right? So you should feel okay about him regardless of format probably, um, I would think. Yep. Um, Also, could you imagine if Will Fuller actually got moved to the deadline and then got popped to, like, a contender? Could you imagine that? That would be wild. That would be crazy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that – that, that really helps the Colts odds. That line will probably shift. Like, as we're speaking, it's probably off the board, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he probably uh, yeah, shifted probably line is. point, right? You would think. Yeah, good point. So, wow. Interesting there. That's a pretty big game for Indy because now they're a game back against Tennessee, who has uh, the tiebreakers and, and conference and everything. So, that, you know, Houston, I mean, if they have trouble sustaining drives without, you know, a, their biggest playmaker – and maybe that's better field position. Maybe you can play Rivers and GPP at 5,800 against a terrible pass. I mean, listen, I hate mm-hmm. Philip Rivers. I don't think he's put up 30 points this year. He put up over 25 once. Um, but, you know, each game is their own, you know, is their own, what am I trying to say here? Like, plot on the chart. So, circumstances are are certainly interesting in – now, who's to say Phil Rivers can't throw three or four touchdowns if if they you know have three extra possessions because Houston might stink without Will Fuller. I mean, Cooks could still get his, and Houston could still maybe struggle. It's, it's certainly an outcome. But yeah, wow, that changed. yeah. I mean, it, it probably probably just dampers the entire game environment at least a little bit mm-hmm. on the indie side. Obviously, last week we had Jonathan Taylor out. With on the COVID list, I'm assuming that he'll probably be back if I had to guess. Otherwise, you know, you can lock in Hines again. He had 11 targets this past week, so that would look very nice against this Houston team. And then T.Y. Hilton got into the end zone for the first time all season. So if you're a believer in T.Y. Hilton being back, he's only 4,300 on DraftKings. I don't know that I'm necessarily the biggest believer that he's back, but I do think that you could find worse things to do with 4,300, especially if you're looking for a game stack here. And then I think Michael Pittman, he's had a pretty, pretty significant target share the past few games, had another nine targets this yeah. past week. So Ooh, Nothing to show for it. Yeah, nothing to show for. I think he only had two catches out of it. I like that. So, I, like so that's, that. I think that's good for like a sneaky tournament type of play because, yeah, if people are looking at the game log, they're, they're not going to be loving it. But the underlying usage is still – Pretty pretty good for him the past couple of weeks. That'll be an interesting game for sure. Uh, let's move on here. Pick another game. I mean, we'll lead me into something here. What is there anything else over 50? Uh, I think those are it. The other ones, we have some 48, 48 and a halfs 
I think another from more of a game stack perspective, Arizona and the Rams. So we've got a 48 and a half point total there. Arizona's at home. Rams are a two and a half point favorite on the road. And we have Kyler Murray coming off his by far worst game of the season. So showing, showing a bit of, of humanness after going for seemingly 30 points every single week. And this could be a, a good opportunity to get back onto him. 7,600 on DraftKings. So he's definitely, that price actually came down pretty significantly. He was in the $8,000 range the past three weeks. So get a little bit of a, of a price break on him there. And then Hopkins is also down to, to 7,800. So he, he's been a little more average of late, but I still think that the Hopkins stack with Murray is well within play here. But, yeah, I think that this is another potential potential game that we can take a look at. Kenny Drake finally had a pretty good game last week. Yeah. On the end zone twice. I feel like we've been waiting for that all year. Oh, that guy's so frustrating, man. Possible that Kyler's not 100%. I mean, 10 total rushing attempts his last two games. He was, you know, that Seattle game, you know, primetime TV. And we saw him get thrown to the ground and he kind of you know, was, was grimacing. But I don't know. In a close game, he ran the ball five times. Uh, it's just strange to me. And that's that is strange. a huge part of his upside, you know, getting, getting those rushing yards. And uh, I mean, what does he have? Like almost 10 t- rushing touchdowns right there? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. 10. Yeah. <laughs> so if he's not running, I, I don't want him. But is that is it fluky? I mean, we see two games in a row. I don't know. I'd follow some AZB writers and get, look at some coach speak this week maybe and, and see what's really going on. I mean, he had a great match against Seattle and then a pretty good one against New England. He combined for, for under 30 DK points in, in, in those two games, which is strange for sure. But yeah. the team total-wise, TJ, there's a lot, a lot of teams in decent team total spots. Like you said, a lot of bigger spread. Seattle, uh, 4 o'clock game against the Giants. You know, we kind of like to see the Monday night game play out before we assess anything. But as of right now, they're 10-point favorites against the Giants, who looks like they won't have Daniel Jones. So, oh, boy. I'm doing the math in my head. looks like their team total is, like, just north of 29 for Seattle. So, I mean, you're going to see some Seahawks for sure. Um, Chris Carson, as of right now, is playing against your Eagles. And he is generously priced at 6300 It's like we just built, like, a third of a cash lineup, I think, just out of – That's cheap. Looking at things, that's really cheap, man. Wow. Yeah, I think that this probably sets up as a as a nice spot for for Carson. Yeah, like you said, and we can you know zooming out on the slate a little bit. I was counting. I think there's seven games that are a touchdown plus spreads. So we have a lot of of more lopsided games, which I think you know maybe. Sort of what you were saying earlier, it's a week where you don't need to necessarily have as much correlation just because if these games are going to be so lopsided, maybe you really only want to look at, at players from from one side. So just something to keep in mind as we go through the rest of these games here. But, yes, yeah, Seattle 10-point favorites at home against the Giants. Like you said, that, that seems to be largely related to the – the Jones injury, which we'll have to continue to monitor. Let's see. It looks like it says there's a chance that he suits up. So that really doesn't mean much of anything. Uh, Evan Ingram had a, a pretty big game, didn't he? He's someone that, that maybe we should be taking a look at. He had, tw- he had 20 points. I think I saw something something about his air yards. Nine targets, six catches, 129 yards. Don't have the air yards in front of me, but I saw something on Twitter that, that he had had some monstrous air yards number. But again, if if Daniel Jones isn't playing, I mean, I don't think right. I'm going to want anyone from the Giants. And that sucks. Ray with Ingram finally maybe gained some traction. I mean, we've, we've seen weeks with Ingram where he's gotten peppered with targets. Uh, oh, 107 air yards he had on Sunday, by the way. Yeah. Wow. That is pretty killer. But yeah, it's kind of tough to, to go back to him. Colt McCoy is going to be the guy, I think. Is that, yeah, that's who came in last week. So, ugh. I mean, 
maybe he was the low A dot guy and gets eight or nine catches, but it's hard, you know, upside wise. Uh, I'm sure you'll see a lot of Chris Carson, Seattle D correlations probably paired together in a lot of lineups across the industry, I'm thinking. But yeah, that's a tough one. The the division leading Giants losing Daniel Jones. That's just brutal. The NFC East just gets more and more bleak each yeah. and every week. How about it? Um, um, yeah. So, I mean, and then, you know, the, like you said, the Carson play certainly stands out. Uh, obviously, you can never go terribly wrong playing Metcalf or Lockett, but I, I do prefer them in a game where it's a little bit more competitive, especially because we know how the Seahawks can get. If they if they have a lead, they may just run the ball for the rest of the way, and and Metcalf's up at eighty two hundred, which is uh, obviously a a big price tag. So you can certainly look to to rust stacks, but it's not the best spot for it when you consider how expensive they are and the most likely lack of competitiveness when it comes to this game. Hear me out. Hear me out on this. Maybe. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's 6K. He's played in eight games this year. He's hit three times value in one, two, three, four, five, six, six of his eight games. And he's hit at least four times value at 6K in one, two, three, four, four of his eight games, 50%, which is pretty good. That's, That's pretty decent upside. So he gets the Bengals at home. He's probably going to start again, as far as we know. Is he in play here, 6K Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I love it. I actually play, ended up playing Fitzpatrick in my, my DK cash lineup this past week, which was kind of a bummer because I was all about Mahomes until this Fitzpatrick thing happened, and then I decided that it was better to save. But, yeah, I think that that's a great spot, and I think that Devontae Parker like gets a massive boost when – Fitzpatrick is at the quarterback versus quarterback position versus Tua. Yeah. Targeted him 14 times this past week. Wow. He catches 119 yards. I mean, Parker, uh, I like that. 6,400, not the cheapest price, but I, I, I like that little stack there. And then I know Jasicki had a pretty – oh, no, he didn't even have a big game. He just happened to have a touchdown. He only had 11 points. So That's it. That's the story of his little career. Yeah, too. right? I was uh, – for some reason, I thought he had a big game, but he, he really didn't. But, I mean, still, every, everyone, no one at the tight end position has a big game. So, I think he's he's in consideration. Certainly not a a top value play, but if you want to, to double stack up, Fitzpatrick can definitely do that. And let's see, what did, what did Cincy look like last week with uh, – While you're looking that up, Devontae Parker, 51% of the air yard market share. Oof, like that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Parker's a great play. And let's see, B- Bengals target share from this past week. It's ugly. <laughs> T. Higgins with seven. Tyler Boyd with six. Drew Sample with six. A.J. Green only with three. So, like you said, it, it, it may be a unique week where you don't have to force a bring back yeah. if you don't want to, which – Typically, I would I would recommend against that. I would always have a full game stack, but I, I think I think there's avenues this week where you don't need to do that. If we did play someone from Cincinnati, I think I would go with T. Higgins as as my guy. Just seems like the the most likely to score touchdown, get those red zone targets, big body. So T. Higgins would be my my run back pick. Like it, like it, like it. I have a feeling the next game you're going to bring up just out of. Uh, my my gut here is telling me you want to talk about the Chargers. Do I, am I am I correct? Yes, I would love to talk about the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers New England. That's actually this is actually not a bad one. Pick them. Looks like pick them. Yeah, what I'm saying. Cam Newton, horrible. Still got the win. How how did they? I mean, I don't crazy. know. I don't know. I didn't watch much of that game. I saw like the two minute drill. You know, Chris Berry ran back, 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 back. You know, gone. Um, I just saw the sequence of like the Zangers Osmus field goal and then a couple of weird calls. And if you'd have told me Cam Newton would add 5.96 draft, 
DraftKings points and they would win that game, I'd call you crazy and I'd say I'd hope I'd stack the Cardinals. But, ugh, ugh. I don't know. That could be one of those games where maybe you don't run someone back again if you're, if you're going with some Chargers. What's your, what's your thought on while you're looking at some of this Chargers data? What's your thought on, well, Bill Belichick takes away the opposition's best player. A, is their defense good enough to still do that? And B, who is the Chargers' best player? Is it Keenan Allen? Is it Austin Eckler? They still got Mike. I mean, you got a good offense there, so I don't like. I don't know if it matters, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine Keenan Allen is the guy that that they'd look to to shut down. I would think, but I mean, Keenan Allen just gets there every week, doesn't he? Even on a bad week, even on bad weeks, he, he still gets a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, he still got sixteen points. Not a great week, but this was was. Certainly one of his worst performances, but I think he's always always in play and just just brings a pretty nice floor to the table. His price has come up as we noted last week. He's up to eighty one hundred, but I, I still think that we can look to Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. That's that, that could be the guy. Let's see. I, I know he had a he had a big game. I don't know how many snaps he played. Let's see. Seventy two. Seventy two percent. Love that. What? I think Love he's that. up to 71 on DK. 7,100, I think. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that is right. So that's tough. Or... Tough, but I like it. I mean, but that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I like Eckler for sure. And I think he's someone you can stack with Herbert, too. Clearly, he's going to be throwing in the ball 16 targets, 11 catches. So I, I love the Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen double stack or if you want to if you want to buy into the Belichick shuts down Keenan Allen narrative I think it's fine to run a Herbert stack without Allen if you want to go with with Eckler and you know Hunter Henry or Mike probably Mike Williams I feel like Hunter Henry just like doesn't have that much of a ceiling so I don't necessarily love him but at the same time like I said all tight ends (laughs) seem to have no ceiling so 10 targets last week yeah. Last, like, was it six? Turn anything? Last seven weeks, he's seen eight, seven, four, seven, six, seven, ten targets. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's like, well, he's not doing, like, nothing's happening with the, like, he's just not, I don't know what the deal is. But, however, so with, you know, they don't like Josh Kelly. They don't trust him. Trust him. You know, Pope isn't good. And uh, what's his face? Justin Jackson's on the shelf. So, they're gonna have to give Austin Eckler the ball, and if they don't want, if they're not comfortable like running him into the ground yet, then you know Herbert's throwing the ball. I think he had like 17 pass attempts super early in the second quarter. Threw the ball 52 times, you know, 300 yards and a touchdown. Unfortunately, and the debacle at the end with Anthony Lynn is just like mind blowing how bad everything was managed. So I feel like he could have even had a better game against Buffalo. So you know Herbert's gonna sling the ball. They're not gonna give. Eckler 20 carries and by chance maybe they end up with 25 carries again as a team I don't know but you know the ball's going up so you have that right yeah definitely I mean I think Henry's fine now that I'm looking I mean he's basically gets between seven and 13 points every single week it looks like and the the problem is that he's just he's always like he's not that cheap he's 4,800 it's, he's always in a weird kind of tight end price range, but I think Henry's fine. On the other side of the ball, I'm probably going to continue to be a Jacoby Myers truther. I don't, I don't know why. He just, I kind of like him, and he, he'd be the person that I go to again. You, you don't necessarily have to run run something back here in this game or on this slate in general, but. If I did, I think Jacoby Myers is fine. Bird is also, eh, I don't really love the Bird thing, but if you want to go, like, super cheap, no one's going to have him. But, yeah, the, the New England side of the ball is just tough to tough to really get a feel for. So th- those would be the, the two guys, but I think it's also fine to just run a, a Charger stack and – and leave the New England side open. Yeah, I mean, you totally could. Uh, one guy I want to bring up is with the departure of 
Rex Burkhead to IR. Uh, James White saw 38% of his snaps last week. Had two rushing touchdowns, so he didn't get it done the way people thought he would. Um, and really, only seen 38% of the snaps in like a pretty neutral game flow. Kind of stinks. So I miss the old James White, man. I miss the Brady to James White. I you know, get him in, in there, die, you know, eight to nine targets a game. And it's kind of just like the Cam Newton effect. You, know, you had the Taysom Hill effect in, in Kamara, not, in, in a very poor analogy, but like Kamara's not catching passes. Well, uh, Newton's not throwing the ball to James White, right? So just different times. And you're right. I don't think you need to force it. So if um, if you're putting a gun to my head, you like Jacoby, I might throw James White in there in a very large field GPP. But yep. like Eckler, like the Chargers, they'll probably be pretty popular. Um, but with Eckler's price, maybe not, right? People are going to – and once you start seeing these massive Derrick Henry games coming in and you know, Dalvin Cook against the Jaguars, oh, here we go. Let's go to that game. So maybe Eckler won't be very chalky when you have Dalvin Cook was dinged up, but he ended up playing again. His worst game of the year with 11.2 fantasy points. That's his worst game of the year, which is pretty crazy. Crazy season. The Jaguars are a complete wreck. They didn't have Adam Thielen, but according to my math, they might have him this week. Um, however, I wouldn't mind if they didn't, because other than Justin Jefferson, you know, getting some more usage and against Jaguars, I'm not worried about any kind of bracket coverage or anything. But Kyle Rudolph also saw, I believe, the most air yards he's seen all year. Uh, scored. was pretty good. He's still pretty cheap. So keep an eye on Thielen. I'm, I'm thinking they'll have him. But, you know, the Vikings are all obviously going to be in play um, this coming week against the Jags. And, wow, what a game from from James Robinson. I mean, this is the guy that probably nobody had at any of their pre-draft big boards before the season started in fantasy land and geez, he almost has 900 yards and eight touchdowns already. Huge game. And now he's got the, uh, the uh, vulnerable Minnesota defense. And you know what? You, you said it last week. The guy is involved in the pass game here. So I don't know. James Robinson's in play too. What, what do you think about this game? This could be a pretty fantasy friendly game. Yeah, I agree. James Robinson played. 97% of the snaps last week. So that's, I mean, that's even more than we've ever seen before. He was in like the, mostly hovering in the 70 to 80 range, but he basically, was someone hurt behind him maybe? I don't know. Either way, I, I, I agree. First off, yeah, I think Dalvin Cook, obviously, you know, I, I guess between him and Derrick Henry, the top two on the slate, I, I personally lean towards Cook just because I, I think he has the, the more the higher floor and the slightly less fragile role than Henry, but both of those are the the top premier plays above nine k on DraftKings. You're going to want one of those two in your cash lineup, I'm assuming, when when everything's said and done by Sunday. Justin Jefferson continues to be the beast. You like said, I think that, that Thielen will be back in, and, and Jefferson's priced up a little bit more to 6900 um, Want to hear something gross? Let's hear it. If you take away, like, the quarterback scrambles on the Jaguars, so if you look at the rushing attempts by James Robinson, and then Chenault carries the ball sometimes, and then Chris Thompson. Chenault had 12 carries. Chris Thompson had seven, so that's 19 carries. Um, and then Keenan Cole had a random carry. Whatever. James Robinson has 194 of the team's 213 carries by, like, non-quarterback scrambles. So he has 91% of the team's carries this season if you take away Gardner Minshew's 25 rushes, you know, whatever, and a couple other weird things here. But out of the running backs and the occasional, like, end around, he has 91% of the team's carries. That's insane. That is that is a, a workhorse role right there. And the thing about Robinson is that he, he's never really a chalky play because he's on the Jaguars, right? So they're pretty much never favored. So it always feels risky to play a running back. But like we've said, I mean, he plays in all situations. He gets plenty of targets. The 
the running back position is really interesting. I mean, you got that range right here from in the seven Ks, where you've got Chubb at seventy seven hundred, Josh Jacobs, who seems like is potentially questionable, and finally his his spot against the Jets at seventy four hundred, Robinson seventy three hundred, Aaron Jones seventy two hundred, Eckler seventy one hundred. It's gonna be really interesting to see how things shake out among those guys because and maybe not so much Chubb but I think between Jacobs and Eckler they're all in good spots and all right around the same price so there's going to be leverage there somewhere depending on you know who gets talked up throughout the week certainly possible ownership is I don't know for lack of a better word spread out yeah guys because Eckler's price is up but you know decent game environment Huge game. Robinson, huge game. But like you said, everybody worries about the, oh, the game script, you know. Um, then you go down, it's like Miles Sanders. Like, depending on what happens tonight, Green Bay, you can run on Green Bay. You just worry about game script, you know. Here's those famous last words. But sometimes you just have to worry about the points, the totals. You know, if the team's going to score, they're going to score. It's not like Sanders can't cash the ball. You know, 67 is a pretty generous price. Um, he had like one monster game against the Steelers, I remember, and then maybe earlier in the year against the Rams, I think he had 20 DK points, but it really hasn't done a hell of a lot since. And I think Miles Sanders could be an interesting spot. While well, you were just rattling those names off, I was just scrolling through. We saw David Montgomery almost rip a 50 yard touchdown off against the Packers. So, like, they will blow their assignments frequently defensively, they're just not disciplined in their gaps. And it shows because David Montgomery is a trash can. So um, I like Sanders. We're mentioning all these names. It's like, okay, what about Miles Sanders? Like, uh, where does he fit in this ownership chart? I mean, we don't have him yet, but it's going to be very interesting come come this weekend when we get those projections, TJ. Yep, agree. I think there's a lot of a lot of close plays this week, so it should uh, be. <sighs> Should be interesting. And the trash can himself has the Lions at 5,500, so I might even play him. David Montgomery, 55? I mean, okay, that was a little rude on my part. Uh, I had a long day. I was stuck in traffic before I got home. But come on, David Montgomery's not very good. But I might play him at 5,500 against Detroit, so. Yeah. No, that that's wow. a good a good pivot because I actually do think that he could be a pretty pretty good play. I mean, he plays like, what, 85% yeah. of the snaps for them. Of course. We know that Detroit's not very good against the run or maybe against anything. Allen Robinson, another guy that's going to be a a good play. Let's see what his price looks like. 6700 oh, for Allen Robinson. Good. Like that after a 13-target, two-touchdown game, back with, uh, with Trubisky at quarterback. Yeah. So maybe there's some actually some sneaky potential in this Detroit Chicago game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, we know Trubisky loves Robinson. Poor Allen Robinson, man. He needs to. If he had, a, you imagine his numbers if he like had if he got drafted into a decent system and just stuck with somebody. I mean, even if he had like Matt Stafford, like he'd be putting up probably better than Galladay or something like that. And, and speaking of Galladay, you know, I'm curious to see. What's up with him? We haven't seen him in a while, and he's listed as questionable on this Monday. Um, but, I mean, if he does play, he's 6K flat. So, you're right. There's some interesting potential. And, obviously, you know, DeAndre Swift, although Chicago's been pretty good against running backs. But, yeah, Allen Robinson. Oh, God, you know some people own Mitch Trubisky, right? Some people have him. Yeah, 5,400. Sure. He he brings he brings some upside to the table. He'll run the ball every once in a while, which I always like. And I mean you can get you can get a nice cheap cheap little game stack if you're gonna go yeah. Trubisky, David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, and Marvin Jones if Galladay's out. I mean that's a that's a cheap little stack there that's gonna be unowned and then you have some some money to play with for the rest of your line. If I'm building that together right now, I kind of kind of don't mind that at least at this time on Monday. So yeah, I think we can go there potentially. He he seems to play well against Detroit. A um, couple other games left. We got a couple minutes left here as well. We'll have to see what happens with Pittsburgh. You know, in the Ravens game. I mean, if they do end up playing, they're going to be on a very short week against the football team. 
they can't play Wednesday and then Sunday, right? They'll they're gonna have to move that game. I would think. Um, I don't know. Maybe not. That's Maybe. a that's a quick turnaround. Wednesday to Sunday. I mean, the NFL didn't give a damn about the Broncos. They really didn't. Yeah. Oh man. I know it's a whole. And we already have two Monday night games, so. No, it's true. We're we having three games late on Monday. One o'clock. That, that would be sick. Yeah. Call Thanksgiving we never got. Yeah. <laughs> How about it? <laughs> I, I know it's an extra day, but I mean Tennessee played Buffalo what Tuesday and then Sunday, but Wednesday is like very much so uncharted territories and a little bit scary in terms of giving your body that extra day to get right. So yeah, if if the Steelers end up playing Sunday and 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 Wednesday, Wednesday and Sunday, we'll never hear the end of it on Steelers Twitter, right? That the league is out to get them. And honestly, I don't blame them. That's a very quick turnaround. So what do you, what do you do? I mean, do you push that game to Tuesday, and then what happens if you get a, a you know what happens if you get a test on like Sunday night or Monday a Monday positive when you could have played that game on Sunday? So good luck NFL. I don't know. Um, I guess a note is that James Conner was put on the COVID list on Saturday, so he obviously won't be available for the hypothetical Ravens game, but maybe also not for the Washington game if it's still played on Sunday. But you know you'll get your updated news somewhere else by then, I'm sure. Yes, sir. And I think the last game is that we didn't really touch on is Vegas and the Jets. <laughs> surprise, surprise that we haven't touched on that one yet. But I mean, I think it's a good spot for Jacobs if he if he's healthy and if he plays. I feel like he he's someone who I always wanted to have on my radar for situations where Vegas is favored and then Vegas is just never a big favorite. But if he does come back healthy, I think that is a pretty decent spot for him against the Jets that, you know, it's always a good, always a good situation against the Jets. I mean, I don't even know if they're trying to win at all this year. So. Yeah. And I mean, if Jacobs doesn't play. Yeah. If Jacobs doesn't play, then we're going to have some, some chalk on our hands. I would guess. Uh, Devante Booker's actually 5,500. Booker. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe not then. Yeah. I'm good on that. Yeah. I, I was thinking, I was envisioning like 4,300 Booker or something. Right. But yeah, 5,500, that's, I'd rather play Montgomery. Gotta love it. Gotta love the insult to Joe Flacco. They know he's starting. Like the Algos know he's starting and he's 4,900, right? <laughs> Darnold's more than him. Still has the backup quarterback price. I'm an idiot. Darnold played. Or no, Darnold's back now. Yeah. yeah. Darnold's back. Oh, he's 5K. And he's 5K. <laughs> okay, he played horrible, but. Yeah, six points. Six points. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, yeah. We just, you know, the Jets. Oh, and and, and Mims is up to 4,100 now. Can't even play 3,500 Mims anymore and get your 10 points because he's gotten 10, exactly 10 in three straight it. games. Yeah, just don't play. Just don't play the Jets. I don't think. I think it's. Yeah, you're, it'll be fine. There's other. Yeah. <laughs> other areas to, to pick from. I mean, Crowder. Last three games he suited up. He's seen six total targets. Yikes. And uh that's not good. I mean Darnold loves him, right? Like, but how much is gonna change in six and a half days? I I don't know. <laughs> not enough for me to to like warrant any action there. You can tell I had no interest in the Jets when I didn't even realize like Flacco. I just assumed Flacco played Sunday. I like had no I like totally just disregarded them from my <laughs> research. Like I don't I'm good. Like, I, I'm okay. Um, ugh, that's ugly, man. Seems like just yesterday we saw Darnold on a primetime slate, uh, you know, scamper like 40 yards to the house or whatever against the Broncos. But Seriously. I mean, I guess anything's possible. I mean, the, the, the NFL, this is why everybody is just is addicted to it because you go from the Raiders – looking like legitimate contenders in a John Gruden offense that looked like it's really advanced over the course of the season. And Derek Carr went from throwing, you know, four yard outs every play to throwing the ball downfield, looking great and stepping up in the pocket and you know, putting Mahomes up on the ropes to getting obliterated by the Falcons. Like, uh, like otherworldly just dominated. Looked like they never played a game together in a, do- in a dome in a good a, should be highest scoring environment. So I don't know. You, you tell me. If I had a crystal ball, 
we'd be rich. I, I don't, but we can help you. And my advice is just don't play the Jets this week. <laughs> I don't know what I else. Think that's, I think that's the perfect advice to end the show on. Uh, anything Do not else? play the Jets. Anything else on your mind, TJ? I mean, it's, it's a, definitely a strange uh, slate, and we – Obviously have some moving parts yet with the Eagles-Seahawks game and then whatever happens with this Ravens-Steelers game. And uh, I'm just really glad that we don't have to deal with 13.5-point favorite Mahomes and all this, you know, after the monster games on the main card. Like, we don't have to worry about that, which is kind of a gift. You know, we don't have to make those decisions. We have plenty of other ones to worry about. Yeah, agreed. It's a a bit of a unique slate. We've got lots of – heavy favorites so I think like we mentioned earlier some of the conventional game stacks and correlation plays you maybe don't have to force them this week if you're if you're not feeling it. if you want to stack up one of the heavy favorites and and not run it back with someone from a, a team that's just not very good at, I think that's perfectly fine and, and mix and match plays that you like from some of the various games where can the people find you on Twitter, TJ? Let's hear it. Find me on Twitter at TJL5124DFS. GPP article comes out on Friday, as usual. For anyone that's still playing PGA, we have our last tournament of 2020 this weekend. Firing those PGA lineups. Uh, I'll be in there still. Let me ask you this. Our Roto Grinders premium packages are awesome. You know, ownership projections are huge. And it, in itself, uh, Chris Gimino and company do an amazing job there. And that's worth the price itself to me, honestly. Knowing, having a, no, no projections are perfect, but just getting a gauge where the leverage points are. And our stuff's really good. Um, what's your favorite tool or component of anything premium? You know, you've been uh, with RG for, for a while now. I've been with the company for a couple months and, and we have our discord and uh, we have a ton of NFL tools and we rattle a bunch of this info off and we work all day, come home. We look at our premium usage app where you can find targets and snaps on the same tool. So in terms of uh, like early research and convenience, aside of ownerships, I really love the premium usage tool and apps. It's just kind of a couple clicks away when you're trying to figure some stuff out. But what do, what do you think here? We have tons of shows too. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think er- early in the week, I really love the premium usage app, like you said, where you can check out everyone's snap counts, targets, air yards, all that good stuff to just kind of evaluate the prior week. I also really on Monday like to check out results DB and just do a look back on some of the contests to see what kind of lineups won. More so looking at the the construction of the lineups and and just try to make mental notes of of what I find to be winning some of these tournaments on a weekly basis. So that's I would say that's my my early week prep and then yeah, later in the week the ownership projection something I'm checking every day see how that changes throughout the week. And then, I mean, there's so much content that comes out. We've got the, the expert rankings, the expert surveys. So I'm always at least checking in there just to see what, what some of the other guys are thinking, what are the, the, the plays that they like. And, yeah, just use all of that information to, to try and come up with, with, you know, my view of it. I think that you can't just – I can't just follow one thing and listen to that. It's all about taking in a ton of different pieces from a ton of different people with different perspectives and then making your own choices based on that. And that's really, really how I like to go about my week. But yeah, there's, there's so much stuff there. Hopefully you guys are all taking advantage of it out, out, out there for anyone that's a premium member. Absolutely, man. Well, I hope you have a good week for your sake. I hope the birds put on a good showing tonight. We'll see what happens, but uh, for my man here, TJ Lasig, and the rest of our Roto Grinders team, I'm Justin Carlucci. Thanks for listening. Give us some feedback. Subscribe, like. Good luck. Stay safe and have a good week.